You are listening to episode number 252 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Or you can just give us money by donating via PayPal. A link to that is also available at the 360vegaspodcast.com website. This podcast has been enhanced, which means it has segment chapters, pictures related to the content being discussed, and links to referenced articles, our blog, and opportunities to support the show via our affiliates and PayPal donations. So enjoy. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. All right, I got to tell you this story. This is ridiculous. So, Karen, I, after another shitty week, uh, comes back uh, or comes home. or no, I don't not, know what he's going to say. Not I'm even worried. comes home. Hey, look at the fucking notes. Not even. <laughs> it's not in the notes. It is. It is. It's not it's in, in my bold. notes. It's not in my notes. Yeah, it's in there. Oh, that. Jesus oh. Christ. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> so she's she's coming back from a shitty week from work and says, you know, and texts me and says, oh, I could go for some good carbonara. We should go to Vegas. And I was like, haha, lol, uh, whatever. Which I was surprised. Because normally if I would have said that, he'd be like, really? Can we go? No, see, you're so full of shit. Like, it, like that's been thrown around willy-nilly so long. We're like going, yeah, haha, we should go to Vegas. And you're like, well, and I think you made like another offhand comment. And I was like, I gave like a grin, smile or something. And you go, are you, are you really going to turn me down for this? I'm like, are you really fucking saying we're going to go? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we turned around and pulled off the fastest planned Vegas trip ever, and we're going to Vegas for Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah. I forgot about that. That just made my shitty day that much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. So when are you guys going, and when are you coming back? We're flying out on Friday, and then actually back on Christmas on Day Christmas and Monday. Day, yeah. Oh, okay. So, wow, that is a, that's a real quick turnaround. I mean, you know, it's still, what, 42 hour, uh, 72 hours? I mean, 48 hours? Three nights, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. I just mean planning. Like, we we planned and booked it within 24 hours. We've never done that before. That's cool. Where are you guys staying? And dinner reservations. And, okay. Yeah. yeah, so Mark wanted to stay at Link, so I figured, okay, that's fine. And then we do have dinner reservations at Lavo, because that's where I wanted to go. That's, like, again, I wanted... I yeah, wanted, she, yeah, I she wanted wasn't really kidding. Good she pasta. really wanted carbonara. I wanted carbonara. <laughs> so, I'm like, I haven't been to Lavo the last couple trips, because it's always been, like, stuff for... We're either trying new restaurants or it's been stuff for um, for Vegas vacation. So, like, you, there's some classics that you just don't get a chance to get in there. So, 
You're um, full of shit. You go to Lavo all the time. I, I haven't been in a while. You haven't been in like a year. I have not been, no, since the last time I work was out there, which will be two years in March. Yeah. So we're doing that. I think <laughs> Mark got dinner reservations at STK. And we're actually, I'm going to work with Christina and see, because um, she was like, okay, you have to do the ice skating at Cosmo. Because there's like, you know, snow in air quotes and hot chocolate or not hot chocolate, but uh, hot adult beverages right. and ice skating and fire pits and all of that. So um, we're trying to work with her to see when we can meet up with her out there. And just, I mean, it's going to be kind of quiet. I was actually surprised you said something on the show. I, it's just going to be in and out. And I just, I need a break. I need some place that's just fun and comfy and didn't really want to sit around here for Christmas again because we did that last year or so with the dog, but yeah. Sure. I think that's awesome, guys. I, I'm super excited for you. I will I will probably say hello and pass you in the uh, in the, one of the terminals. I was really I was surprised. Say, There's a lot of yeah. people doing that. Like that a coming lot of people going the day after. Yeah, right around that time. Joe Q will be out there the day after Christmas. He's getting in on oh. the 26th. Yeah. As will our friends Brian and Tanya, who are from either Ohio or Pennsylvania. They're I can from never Pennsylvania. keep track of them. Yeah, we're just going to miss oh, them, too. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize we were going to miss them, too. So, should be a good time. Okay, so, but enough about Vegas. I do have to call, number one, welcome back, Tony. I feel like I haven't talked to you in, like, ever. It's been, it's been weeks. Oh, yeah, it has. That's well, yeah, because actually, the last time we talked to them was when they were here. And well, I mean, you would have talked to him, but we didn't do the show after that because the vid, like all on the holidays and everything else in there. So yeah. it's been like forever. And then last week, I'm gonna call bullshit that there was even a Zork Fest. I think you guys just what had an excuse to go to Atlantic City, <laughs> and all kinds of craziness ensued because none none of the tweets or pictures or anything that I saw had anything to do with some uh, any kind of informational gathering of people. I it saw was... one or two, but I, I was I was semi convinced. I'm like, I think someone posed for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quick, guys, quick. I'm supposed to be doing a 360 podcast right now. I need something. So we're up the blank if, wall. If I can write this off as a business expense, I need I need to prove I was doing something. Well, I figure, <laughs> I figure we'll give Tony the, the head of the news segment so he can talk about uh, Zorkfest because we got a we got a short week, but we have we have a we have a cool show. Okay, well that wasn't in the notes, so I it wasn't. I that was to... impromptu. I just figured okay. it was there, so you don't have to say it wasn't in the notes because now now I got to cut it out. You weren't going to cut the other shit out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a mind reader. I cannot understand what you decide to cut and what you don't. And oh I wanted to give God. Tony shit. I missed the crap out of you, too. <laughs> Ditto. Awesome. Well, all right. Let's get into the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. The Las Vegas Club was originally located on the other side of the street, in between the Northern Club and La Bayou. In 1941... It moved across the street and took over the Overland Hotel, eventually expanding to the corner of Fremont and Maine. Got that from multiple sources. Question. Yeah. 1941 or 1949? What did I say? You said One? 41. Yeah, it's 49. Okay. So here, can I just tell you, and maybe it's the day that I've had, <laughs> but when you say it wasn't originally located over there, it moved. All of a sudden, I had this vision in my head of the building, all of a sudden, like, levitating. Like, <laughs> 
dropping on the corner. See, I thought I thought you were gonna you were gonna go with the the building picking up like its its sides like a skirt and like like tink, 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 across the street. Right, that, that would work too. <laughs> but, but just something like the building itself just picked itself up, and moved. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be sitting in between the Northern Club and and La Bayou. So I'm gonna go across the street. Yeah. It's nicer over there. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I read that. That I was like, what? Where the fuck is that? And I got so distracted by it, I started researching just that. Because it was the first time I'd ever heard of it before. And yeah, it was a tiny club called the Las Vegas Club. And then the o- the Overland Hotel across the street, a much bigger, nicer space was available. So they're like, fuck it, let's relocate over there and we'll just... So basically it was the owners that took the name with them and moved it. That's all they really did. Yeah, they, they, they moved. They moved and said, hey, we're, we're over here. But again... They moved buildings. The building didn't move. No, the building didn't move. Again, that's, that's the image I have in my head. <laughs> oh my All right, this is a pretty cool pick. Talk to us about the twit pick of the week. It's the kind of picture that makes you stop and look closer the moment you see it. Bold moments in Vegas not so long ago history. MGM's original entrance on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana was a giant golden lion meant to serve not only as the property's marquee, but as a cubist representation of the studio's mascot. Captured here by at Las Vegas underscore lovers under construction, perhaps it's with the benefit of hindsight that one can't help but look at this picture and ask, what were they thinking? How did they not know walking under a lion would put off Asian gamblers? Once you remember the entire project was meant to attract families to the property, the concept comes into focus. It also reminds us that there was once a world in which you couldn't simply Google Asian gambling superstitions and find all the reasons why this marquee would only exist for three years. Regardless, fortune favors the bold and photography documents it all to relive and learn from. I was not around during those days, so it was long since gone before I even started venturing to Vegas. I only know it from Vegas Vacation. Yeah, that's that's the only time I've ever seen it outside of pictures, like like in in moving pictures, like <laughs> in, in, moving in, pictures? In, in something with, with those talkies. Right. <laughs> Honey, it's not still photos. The pictures are moving. Well, technically, they all are still photos. I'm, just I'm picturing that one little um, thing that like you turned and it spun around and it made it like a like, bunch of little pictures, but it made it look like the guy was riding a bicycle. Stereoscope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> moving picture. It's amazing. But uh, it's it's the first time like I I haven't seen it with my eyes, so I haven't seen it alive. But I, I've seen people. You mean you haven't seen it live? Whatever. Not oh. I'm, I'm not. We're not going to keep going down this. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a fun show. <laughs> I, the picture's cool. I agree that if they were going for the family focus, they probably never even stopped to look at the Asian gambler. Although you would think if you were in gambling, especially in Las Vegas, yeah, and you be. knew that that was a certain percentage of the people. And that this were is coming. Kirk Kerkorian's third property, fourth, right. fourth casino he owned. You'd fucking think he would have been aware of this. It's kind of an expensive mistake. Yeah. And I think especially right there on that corner. Now, obviously, we know what people are doing with strip front property, but I, I think it just seems like a very... Although it was a good entrance because it was right there on the corner, but... Yeah, their entrance has been fucked ever since then. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, it's a cool picture. Well, as always, we'll link to the photo on our blog. Well, maybe. 
We'll feature it on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, Twitter until we get a cease and desist letter as well as the enhanced version of the show which you should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. So the win is buying the Elan. Actually, before we do that, though, let's talk about Zorkfest, Tony. Sure. Tell sure. me about it. <laughs> Tell us about what you remember about Zorkfest. Yes. I was just going to say, well, from the pictures <laughs> and the video that I've seen. I, it, it has been a told to me. good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the long and short of it was this was a really cool opportunity for folks to get together out in Atlantic City to learn more about how to maximize your credit card miles that you might earn, how to maximize free flight opportunities, how to be a, a bigger BFD in the casino than maybe you really are. I don't want to go into too much of the details simply because I don't want to give away the proprietary information that was that was shared, but there was just some really cool, neat ideas on just things that are logical and commonsensical. But if you don't know that world, for me, th there was a mind-blowing sort of uh, aspect to all of it. From a personal standpoint, I I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, the the podcast world is just the coolest group of people from the podcasters mm -hmm. like Vito and, and, and cousin Mikey to Julian, our buddies, Julian and Shane, who came out to the most recent 360 Vegas vacation. Right. They've got their Vegas confessions podcast that they've started. I got to meet some new to me listeners. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say hello and give a shout out to Shannon. Uh, and I think I got to meet Ed for the very first time as well. So they were there. It was just a really good time. Joey and Norma, my God, if you have an, if you they, hang out you with Joey and Norma, you don't have a great time. Are, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're just missing out in the world. Exactly. Uh, they were there. Phil was there. Um, God, I'm trying to, uh, uh, Bogan came out. It was just, there, Han was there. There were so many fun people that, uh, that there is documented proof. And there's a, a Cousin Vito podcast that just got posted uh, today, actually, that had an interview from this drunk guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for those that are totally fully aware with what I, heck I'm talking about. So I came out, I flew out, I took Friday off from work a week ago today. I got a kick-ass flight, guys. I mean, I think $200 round trip from Detroit to Philadelphia, nice. and then a $90 car rental to drive from Philly into Atlantic City, and it's barely an hour and 10 minute drive uh, from the airport to the actual casino itself. Stayed at Bally's for the two nights that I was out there, got to hang out and got great information from Eric Rosenthal. He's another great friend of the show. I had no clue what a wealth of total rewards knowledge this guy is on how to how to frankly he talked about how to become a seven star member and that that's wow. impressive he, he's got some really cool tricks and, and tips up his sleeve but uh any rate i skipped lunch had a very light breakfast before uh -oh. i left uh <laughs> I, I see where this is going that's how every great story begins <laughs> and, uh, there was a dinner for for some of the folks that were out there and i, I was a part of it the, people were like no 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 i'm not a wine drinker so here i'll just give my glass of wine to tony <laughs> oh no uh-oh you're like i should probably eat. probably <laughs> uh, people, people 
people have a certain ex expectation of their own T-bone when they show up for some of these uh, 360 <laughs> events. I love when you call yourself. But this wasn't a 360 event, Cody. <laughs> wasn't but i had a certain expectation because i was representing the brand there you go oh, oh, wait, my hold on. <laughs> but you you were representing the van the brand in a vice lounge shirt but that's okay we're, we won't well, go into all the, that. Man, the man has to represent many brands <laughs> and honestly I'd, I'd almost rather him say that he was representing vice lounge because obviously it was the vices that got him into the trouble that he did but i can't and actually i thought about that too i thought okay okay if i don't mind totally dragging through the mud one of the two brands <laughs> at least i had the vice lounge shirt on when i was on the mechanical bull because you'll note in the next day of pictures i was wearing my 360 vegas shirt but i didn't make a complete buffoon of myself that <laughs> evening oh so maybe so, that's the thing i didn't see any pictures from the day that you were wearing the 360 vegas shirt well, the only pictures i saw were the yeah. day that you had the vice lounge shirt on <laughs> You may not have, because when you just saw me standing there and I'm looking prim and proper and standing with friends with, a, you know, proper. not drunk eyes uh, on my face, <laughs> I was wearing 360 Vegas. But yeah, yeah, there are, there is a difference. I think I was, I think I had a green shirt on for, for Vice Lounge and I think I had a black shirt on for 360. So you'll have to go back and pay attention. But regardless, it's, it's neither here nor there. Point is, I had a very fun time and God willing, everybody around me. At least if they weren't if they weren't laughing with me, at least they were laughing at me, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> there you go. No, it looked like it was a blast. I really I felt sad that you know we weren't there and hanging out with folks, you know, and even just from what the Zorkfest was and the information that they shared sounded awesome. So yeah. congrats to them. It sounds like it was an awesome event. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe we'll get to go one year, but um, yeah. So glad. Thank you, Tony, for being out there representing the crew. Right. It was my it was my pleasure. I, ha I had a great time. And thanks to everyone who uh, tolerated me and, and put up with me. <laughs> OK, so now we'll talk about when buying Alon or Alon or whatever. I think it's Alon. It's Alon. Alon, yeah. Vital Vegas is reporting that Wynn Resort has bought the land formerly home to the new frontier from Australian casino mogul and former Mariah Carey fucker James Packer. Packer has... <laughs> oh, James Packer, all right. I, it's not that. I just all of a sudden had a vis. I, I, I wanted a visual wanted to pop into my head of what it was like to fuck Mariah Carey. Oh God! And man. I, I just couldn't. Oh. I, I, There's a video I of me getting on a mechanical bull that I think actually. <laughs> would be but, but she, she doesn't move around that much, so. <laughs> But, but yeah. that's the thing. I just, I picture her like this bubble that just sort of floats and goes, no tea, no tea. Like, it's, you're never going to be able to hold her down enough to make it happen. I just, like a greased watermelon. No, because that even has too much force. She's such an airhead. She's oh, just this oh. bubble that just, <laughs> you know. Best slot I, machine bonus ever. <laughs> Now, Packer was just the most recent owner of the land of announced projects that never make it beyond the concept phase. His company, Crown Resorts, purchased the land for $280 million in 2014 from the owners of Plaza Hotel in New York, who bought it for $1.2 billion in 2007 from Phil Ruffin with plans of building a $5 billion version of the iconic hotel. That project made it as far as imploding the new frontier and preparing the site for development. The Great Recession prevented it from going any further than that. 
Sources tell Vital Vegas that plans are likely to build a new casino resort with high-end shopping, basically exactly what they have but across the street and just slightly different looking. Sale hasn't been confirmed by either party at this point, so of course, how much Wynn paid for the property isn't known, but it's unlikely Packer got the $400 million he was asking for it. Once the news of the sale came out, feedback immediately turned to why doesn't Wynn keep the golf course and build Paradise Park on the Alon site? Alon site, I always do that. An astute observation when you consider Paradise Park replaces one unique strip amenity only Wynn can offer for another. Developing the project across the street allows Wynn Resorts to have them both. Confirmation of the sale is expected soon. Fingers crossed, Wynn's plans will accompany it. I think it's a cool idea, and I agree completely. Why give up something that you can only offer yourself, to, you know, your high-end players? Build on that Alon strip section and, and be done with it. Yeah. Call it good. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. It's the only golf course in all of Vegas. You can, I mean, hell, it, it is, from my understanding, there was still a waiting list for that fucking thing. Like, you got to. Really? Oh, yeah. Golfing on the strip? Absolutely. Yeah, I just. I feel like, okay, haven't we stayed someplace where you can get a view of the golf course? Yeah. I just feel like I've never actually seen anybody on the golf course. Like, maybe maybe one or two, you know, golfers here and there. Well, they're but little people. All right. uh, when, you're, <laughs> when, you're, when you're in a tall building, they're, they're little it's people. Awesome. <laughs> I, I get that. <laughs> they're real-life Oompa Loompas. <laughs> you are right. I don't, I don't recall ever seeing a whole lot of traffic at it. I mean, that's, if it's he must only let X number of people through there and charge them an astronomical amount. And and maybe maybe it is that. Maybe the reason why he's trying to develop it is because maybe there isn't money in that. Maybe it was an idea that they're like, oh, yeah, this will be great. Everybody will want it. And maybe it isn't that. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But there you go. Cool. All right. So we've got some 2017 lift top destinations. Reinforcing why I have a hard time supporting the company, Lyft released their 2017 Lifty Awards. Oh, seriously? I hate it already. <laughs> you guys couldn't see Mark take a deep breath, close his eyes, and shake his head like he's trying to contain himself. Pause for rage. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, folks. Right. Buckle up. For a second consecutive year, the most visited restaurant for Lyft drivers in Vegas was In-N-Out Burger. Okay. <laughs> All right. For Vegas, that makes sense. Yeah. The most visited bar was Top Golf. I'm going to stop you right there. How the fuck you call that a bar is beyond yeah. me. Yeah. I get it. So it has a bar, but that venue is clearly not a bar. No. That would be like saying where any any busker that is it, like singing on, on Fremont Street, they're in a concert venue. <laughs> it's like that's they awesome. have, no, that's like saying they have a residency in Vegas. <laughs> right. Right. That is better. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, God, uh, they have a residency in Vegas <laughs> in, uh, on the on the Fremont Street concert on, venue. On, yeah, they're, they're downtown Las Vegas. That's right. The most visited entertainment venue was the Fremont Street Experience. Not sure I agree with that designation either, but I'll, I'll let you get away I'll, with that. Yeah. Okay, I, I would. If it's a Fremont Street experience, yes, yeah. I would say that. Now, so if they put in, I want to go to the Fremont Street experience, yes. If they, oh, see, that's if they are counting that, in any of the casinos around it, then no. That Yeah, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Okay. The top 
only in Vegas destination, the Fashion Show Mall. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Although I guess an argument can be made that only malls exist in Vegas now. <laughs> That's the <laughs> so getting pretty close. Right. And the top trending destination, Reef Dispensaries, a.k.a. Okay. the marijuana store behind the Fashion Show Mall. I wonder how many people said they want yeah, to go to the Fashion exactly. Show Mall and just walk to the Reef Dispensary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that on my lift record. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't need, I don't want the man knowing that I went there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go to the mall, guys. Let's right. go to the mall. <laughs> Fuck you, Orwell. You won't know what I'm doing. Lift Awards are available for each major city the ride-sharing company does business in. If you are interested in more, we'll have a link on the blog. I hate that fucking name. It's so dumb. What, Lyft? No. What, the no, Lifties? Lifty. Yeah. The name is dumb. Yeah, but Lyft isn't, isn't bad for the company. Lyft isn't a bad it's company. It's not an award. It's a, it's a, this is a, uh, a measure or a metric. If this is based on where you're dropping people off... This is not an award. Yeah, I know, but most people are dumb and aren't excited by that like we are. Like going, ooh, statistics. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten that excited for statistics. Oh, my, <laughs> that's my job. I'm like going, oh, I can't wait. What, what happened this month? Oh, I can't wait to see. <laughs> he gives himself a handy over <laughs> Ooh, now <I'm> gross. <laughs> Give it to me. How big is it, baby? How big is the number? <laughs> <Sign up. laughs> Whisper only in Las Vegas in my ear. <laughs> That's Action what I want to know. <laughs> How many people went to In-N-Out Burger? Oh, my God. It was 27%. <laughs> Well, I guess that's going to do it for news. Let's move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. Looks like we've only got one little bit of noteworthy <laughs> item. There was only one noteworthy item going on in Vegas this week. Just one. It was a, a slow week. If you only had two well, news stories and one little noteworthy item, that's it was. a slow week. Yeah, it, it's funny because I remember going over my various media sources because as I had put the show together and I kind of looked back on it and I'm like, I must have missed something. What the hell did I miss? <laughs> kind of went back over like, no, think about the time of the year. It's getting slow. There's not a ton. That's true. That's fair. Well, uh, Eater Vegas is reporting that PETA Plus and Wing Addiction, both local brands, will be setting up locations in the fashion show mall. Both are reported simply as, quote unquote, coming soon. I gotta say, I like both those names. I don't know why. I don't know why. PETA Plus rolls off the tongue and Wing Addiction. Yeah, all right, okay. Well, when you know you've got the reefer madness right across right. the street. <laughs> It's really what it is. Coming soon, the snackaterium, the uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, Doritos Munchie Shop, <laughs> Munchatorium, Munchatorium. There you go. That's better. Uh, coincidentally, that's the nickname for one of the brothels out in Prump. <laughs> Munchatorium. It's a lesbian brothel, but it's fine. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. Attractions is a portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. 
This segment is brought to you by tickets.accessvegas.com. If you're going to a concert or event in Las Vegas or anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at tickets.accessvegas.com. This is a show I would love to actually get to see. Mel Brooks. He'll be returning to the Encore Friday and Saturday, April 27th and 28th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start in an undetermined amount. <laughs> you broker. <laughs> I know I've seen this somewhere before, but he's in my tutorial. I just pictured him going, I'm, 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 it's, it's, I can't remember what it's, it's from. It's from Family Guy, where the box turtle, walk, he's in a party, and he walks up to a lady, and he goes, hey, Ask me why they call me a box turtle. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> <laughs> it just popped into my head. I, I was in fucking... That was one of those times we had no, to pause the, the show because I couldn't breathe. Yeah, I was laughing so hard. And I was like, remind it. Remind it. We got to watch it again. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to be a lost cause here in a minute. Okay, hold on. Elvis Costello is performing an encore for select dates. Starting Wednesday, February 28th through March 10th. The show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $60. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that needs a, three, be a 360 Vegas vacation shirt. <laughs> just, just say, ask me why they call me a box turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Ross is performing at Encore for select dates starting Wednesday, February 7th through Saturday, February 24th. Shows start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $61. Cat Williams is performing at the Park Theater at Monte Carlo Sunday, January 14th. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at 50 bucks. And finally... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to cough and trying not to laugh all at the same time. U2 is performing at T-Mobile Arena in the Park District behind New York, New York. Friday and Saturday, May 12th and 11th. Shows start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at 40 bucks. Don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists that we report on on our coming attraction calendar on the blog. Let's check the river. Alright, so this week in the river, we have some listener feedback as usual, but this listener feedback brought us 360 Legal Lounge. Uh-oh. So, can I read it? Absolutely. No. This was an, uh, this this 360 Legal Lounge was inspired by an email from Amanda Gaze. My dear Amanda, who hung out with us during Vegas indulgences. She says, hi, my name is Amanda Gaze. I met you all at Vegas Vacation for this past year and had a blast, of course. My husband is Todd Gates, the math nerd who plays craps and looks like Stu from. Uh, he looks. Hang on. Aw- it's awesome. <laughs> How much he looks. I like added that Stu. part. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have a question about group slot play and the potential tax implications. So there are some popular YouTube channels out there that feature high limit play with groups of people that contribute an equal amount of money per player and a fixed number of spins that each participant gets to do on a single machine. One particular YouTuber states on his website that his player's card will be used for all spins, and he agrees to cover taxes for any wins under 5000 total. Over and above that amount, 35% will be held back for taxes. I got that verbatim. 
My understanding is that the player actually doing the spins is the person who receives the W2G on hand play, which occurs regularly. Here's a scenario that illustrates my question. Everyone in the group contributes 200 each. On one of my spins, I get a $4,000 hand pay and a W2G. Can the YouTuber who agreed to cover the taxes voluntarily put his name on the W2G even though it won on my spin? Going even further. Well, this is like in-depth Oh, it's awesome. The second I read this, I forwarded it on to Tony, and I'm like, are you going to do a legal launch on this? This is like, absolutely. <laughs> you might. Too bad we don't have a tax person that works on this show, too, because this could get even more fun. Mm -hmm. Going even further, say at the end of the session, everyone gets $500 for a $300 profit. However, the IRS has it down as a $4,000 win for whoever is on the W2G, and no one else in the group is even known to the IRS. It seems unfair for the person who got the big $4,000 win, even though it was really only $300. Love the show and love Las Vegas. Thank you for taking our questions, Amanda. All right, I'm going to help Tony out here. We got three issues we need to discuss. The first one. The player actually doing the spins is the person who receives the W2G on the hand pay. Yes, technically. The person that hits the spin button is making the wager. The casino is legally obligated to make payment to an individual who makes a wager, which subsequently wins. So a W-2G is the main form used to report gambling winnings to the IRS, or for our non-United States residents, IRS stands for the Internal Revenue Service. That's, you know, who takes our tax dollars. As you guessed, the G in a W2G stands for gambling. This document is an information return, so essentially it's a document to inform the IRS how much money a taxpayer earns in certain types of trans uh, transactions. Now, a W2G must be filed only if you win $1,200 or more from a slot machine on a single spin or a video poker machine on a single hand. Multiple spins or hands are not added together. As such, if you were to hit one spin worth $1,200, you'd receive a W2G. But if you hit two $600 spins even back to back, even though that adds up to $1,200, it was the product of two different spins, not the one single spin. So as such, no W2G. Unfortunately, if you're a multi-play video poker player, so for example, you like to play the three, five, or ten line video poker, right. that single deal of the card button will allow the casino to aggregate your individual hands together such that if the total of $1,200 should be hit, you're going to receive that W2G. Oh, okay, because it's like that whole game, like you playing 10 at the same time, is one game. Correct, because it only took you hitting the, the deal button one time. Gotcha. All right, so Mark, how about you read for us what the Nevada Revite statutes are for a wager and in, in, in an individual, because that's kind of key then to the rest of Amanda's question. Okay, NRS 463.01962, wager means a sum of money or representative of value that is risked on an occurrence for which the outcome is uncertain. And NRS 463.350, subsection 1, a person under the age of 21 years shall not 
place wagers at or collect winnings from any gambling game, slot machine, race book, sports pool, or pair mutual operator. All right. Now, Mark, part of the value of me helping to define for the listener what a wager is and what it means for an individual to place a wager is that becomes then the contractual obligation between the casino and the player themselves that the individual who actually makes that wager. So it's that person who puts the chip out for the waiting for their two cards to be dealt at blackjack. It's that person who hits the spin button on the top dollar machine. It's that person who puts their colored chips on the numbers at the roulette wheel, that is what a wager is. And so you've entered into a contract through that wager with the casino, whereby if you win, the casino is contractually obligated to pay you. And if you lose, the casino is contractually obligated to take your money. <laughs> right. So that all being said, oh, one other thing I wanted to say real quick, gang, was I am taking Amanda's hypothetical as she gave it. So for the rest of this answer, I accept it at the face value. We all contribute $200 per person. And I also take at face value the $5,000, excuse me, $4,000 slot machine win that she put in her hypothetical. You're gonna hear those numbers again as we work through the rest of these uh, issues. Okay. All right, so then we'll move into issue number two. Can the YouTuber who agreed to cover the taxes voluntarily put his name on the W2G, even though it won on my spin. Sure you can. You've essentially assigned the right to be paid by the casino to the person willing to put their name on the W2G. Now, assignment is a contractual legal term which allows for a transfer from one person to another so that the transferee has the same rights as the transferor would have had. So. A basic understanding of assignment would be the following hypothetical. Tony owes Mark $500. Karen hires Tony to draft up her will, leaving the house, her bank account, and her 401k to Asgard, (laughs) and she will pay him $750 for Tony's legal services. Tony can assign $500 of his payment that he is to receive from Karen over to instead be paid to Mark, thus extinguishing the debt that Tony owes Mark, and Karen merely writes a check to Tony for the remaining $250 balance for Karen's will. Same situation holds true here. The individual who made the wager, which triggered the winning outcome, is legally entitled to full payment. However, because Mr. YouTube man agreed that he would be willing to take on the tax implications for that win, Well, then Ms. Winner simply tells the slot attendant to pay him the money and put his name on the W2G. Now, of course, this is all predicated on the notion that you implicitly trust the people within your group. Should Mr. YouTube man decide not to share his winnings, he would suffer no negative repercussions as he received the authority from the actual winner to obtain the full slot machine winning payments and he now has documented proof via his W2G form, that he is now the rightful owner of that $4,000 win. Equally, 
Ms. Winner could tell the rest of the group who contributed their $200 into the pooled money that she no longer wishes to have any further interaction with them. <laughs> she could take the full winnings and she could, uh, since she actually pushed the button that caused the wager to be made and the winning cash and subsequently she could walk straight out the casino doors. So, I, I don't even I know these people. I don't even know these people. They've just been hanging around me all night. <laughs> so can I ask a question? It is this just assuming that it's a verbal or an understanding between the parties? Or if there was some kind of contractual written agreement? It's so but, Karen. But, I mean, like you're, a write up. So, like the YouTube guy is saying, hey, I'll take this on for you. And if they all show up and that's what they all think they're agreeing to, but there's nothing actually in writing. These are all friends. We're, 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 let's go under that but, assumption. But Karen's, uh, let me let me at least say to your, to your point, Karen, verbal contracts are just as equally enforceable as written contracts. The problem is being able to prove it. It's right. a whole lot easier to prove something that's on paper. It's right. a whole lot harder to prove something that's been a verbal agreement. But yes, under our, and we're gonna go ahead and accept, you know, the, the premise as Amanda in this YouTube individual that she references, you know, at face value is, is accurate. Everyone's on the up and up. But okay. at the end of the day, and that rolls into the next point, which is, this is exactly what happened in Florida back in April earlier this year when a woman, when for quote unquote good luck, she hit the button of a slot machine on behalf of her male companion only to see the jackpot hit for $100,000. Oh, Nice. The casino reviewed the surveillance tape, discovered that she had received the permission to hit the spin button, which triggered the random number generator to cause the jackpot symbols to align and awarding a $100,000 cash prize. They gave her the winnings and she then asked secure to escort her out of the casino, ditching her former oh, male companion. fucked up. <laughs> well... Hundred grand. I know she's like, I was really kind of looking for a way out of this relationship, and now I'm kind of getting paid to get out of it. <laughs> and I have security protecting me on right, the way out. Right. Even better. Wow. I was sort of like, yeah, let me hit that spin button one more time on this shitty date. That oh my god, you're the worst guy ever. And now she's like, and I got paid. That's, that's awesome. All right, okay, we got one more issue number three. The IRS has it down as a four thousand dollar win for whomever is on the W2G and no one else in the group is even known to the IRS. It seems unfair for the person who got the big $4,000 win, even though it was really only 300. All right, so Amanda, you're absolutely true. That That is accurate. That's the responsibility, however, that the individual takes upon themselves when they volunteer to place their name on that W2G. But take into account the other intangibles. For example, the person's average daily theoretical is going to be sky high because his players club is in the machine, which makes it look like he's a far higher value gambler to the casino than he actually really is. See, if this YouTuber is with four other friends, each of whom have contributed $200 per person, there's $1,000 in that machine, but he's only gambling $200 out of pocket. If they're playing a $5 maximum two credit uh, slot machine, each bet then is worth $10 per spin. And at a Caesars property, uh, at least, th that's a point of spin. So he can run that $1,000 through the machine and he can really crank up his perceived value to the casino with what appears to be a very high bankroll. 
Now, sure, he might only, quote-unquote, walk away with $300, but the mailers that he'll be getting from the casino will be for lavish hotel suites, great <laughs> comp dinners, and kick-ass free slot play. And he's almost certainly not sharing those rooms, meals, and free play with the other folks on his slot team. All right, guys, I'll be the one that puts his <laughs> card in the machine. <laughs> for the off chance that they actually hit something. Right, right. And, yeah. and when they don't, he's only out $200, but he's getting all of the comps that are going to be generated wow. off from a $1,000 loss. That's cool. Now, similarly... We don't know what sort of gambling losses that he might experience to offset that $4,000 W2G that he's reported to the IRS. But if they were smart, they would bring along a lovable Canadian by the name of Mitchell, <laughs> who, by the way, is celebrating his birthday literally today as we record. He Happy is. birthday, Mitchell. Happy yes. birthday, Mitchell. Almost every non-United States individual in the United States that wins on a slot machine is or, or or wins this $1200 that would trigger it a W2G they're exempt from US tax repercussions it just happens to be an agreement amongst the different casinos or excuse me amongst the different countries that non-US citizens are not held to the same tax implications because think about it Mitchell's not going to have at the end of the day a tax filing with the United States government because he's not a resident he doesn't work for the United States right. so he would have no connection yeah as such when a W2G win does hit on say a top dollar bonus Mitchell would receive 100% of the $4,000 win tax free yeah, exactly. Then he can evenly distribute those winning uh, sons, of course, any tax withholdings to any of his team members. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it's good. It's good to be friends with international folk. <laughs> Lest you're afraid Uncle Sam isn't going to get his share of the three hundred dollars from the other slot machine team members because did you get the impression that Amanda was really worried that that Uncle Sam was being jipped out of I know text? I'm right. sure she it's was very concerned fair. <laughs> very concerned Amanda do remember that all slot wins or any win in a casino is to be claimed as income on your annual tax return now here's the thing the IRS does does allow you to offset your gambling winnings against your gambling losses. So unless you're a professional gambler, and yes, that's a, a real thing, <laughs> you're not going to be able to deduct your gambling losses off from your regular based income. So effectively what that means, gang, is once your losses meet up with your wins, any losses that you have above and beyond your wins, unfortunately, you don't get to you know, deduct that off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how it works. The tables have been shitty this year, Uncle Sam. Right. <laughs> Ignore the fact that I made $250,000 over at this other job. Right. We should be able to do that. Now, one other option for a team, and Karen, this is, pay attention to this part, because I think this might answer one of the things you were wondering about. Yes. One other option for a team of slot players is something called a Form 5754. It's not uncommon for people to pool their money to gamble. If you're a member of a betting pool, it's possible to have a casino file multiple W2G forms listing each individual's percentage share of the pot. Nice. So you simply complete and give to the casino something called, quote unquote, a statement of persons receiving gambling wins. 
again, also just known as a Form 5754. This list includes the names of each player in the pool and indicates each person's share of the winnings. So those people merely sign the Form 5754 and they give it to the casino attendant and the individual will receive their portion of the winning. So what, however you may have decided amongst yourselves, you're going to split any W2G win. You can ask for this 5754 and then you will each get your own W2G based on your Amanda's hypothetical $300 win. Do you get the impression that courts heard this several times like going, all right, we're coming up with a fucking form because I'm tired oh, of dealing with this. there's a form for everything. And the, how they're numbered makes absolutely no sense. But, you know, whatever. But that's it. Well, so that's interesting because that form would almost have to be filled out after the fact, right? So whoever, well, yeah. I guess to the, the earlier point about somebody claiming, nope, it's all mine, I'm not sharing, unless... Because to Tony's point, a verbal contract is much harder to right. enforce than a written one. So I just you almost have to think they they went in there with a with a, a written contract saying we're going to split all this up. Yeah, almost like there needed to be some kind of agreement. If this is the betting pool of random people that we don't know, right? Um, <laughs> right. You know, and, and you're going to give me trust my money, you, Karen, on my card, <laughs> and we each get to do X number of spins. It's just yeah, I I feel like, and maybe I'm just not a trustworthy person. But for random <laughs> folks you haven't met and you're handing over, you know, 200 bucks to, to bet the spin. I mean, because, yeah, I think this tax form after the fact is very interesting because then it just says whatever your tax bracket is, you guys deal with it yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm not I don't have to worry about all your other bullshit or have it affect mine. And, and let me tell you why there's a little bit of value to that. During 360 Vegas Vacation 4, when I was with my wife and her brother and their stepbrother. Wait, you mean on your 40th birthday when you hit the jackpot? Yeah, literally my 40th birthday. Not not like within the, the trip that was my oh 40th no. birthday. The my day literal that was. 40th birthday to the day <laughs> when the four of us hit this $10,000 slot machine bonus. Amanda, inter an interesting aspect is... Twice now I've had a W2G, and both times that I've had a W2G put under my name and my social security number to pay Uncle Sam, I was never the actual person that hit the button that caused the win. The first time it was my wife was playing video poker at the 50 cent level. She won a, a, video, a royal flush for $2,000. They had my, she had my player's card in the reader at the time. And so the slot attendant came over, pulled the slot card out, saw Anthony Snyder and saw me sitting next to Jen. I wasn't even at the machine that had the royal flush on it. And the slot attendant said, well, congratulations, Mr. Snyder. You know, how do you want your $2,000? And I'm like, well, don't ask me. She's the one that won it. And she toddles off, comes back, makes me fill out the W2G with my name on it. That wasn't how it was supposed to have actually played out. So listeners do know that your mileage is going to vary on, on how this actually plays itself out. But now that you know what you know, you should make sure that the person that actually won it and is getting the money, because believe you me, Jen put that $2,000 in her pocket and said, bye. Yeah. <laughs> sure she did. But then similarly for, for the $10,000 hit, it wound up because, again, my player's card was in the machine. I'm the one that wound up taking the W2G hit, and I'm going to have to file that on my taxes next April uh, 15th so or April 20th, right? April 15th? What's 15th. tax day? 15th. Is that 15th? Yeah. Yep. So, anyway, that's that's just <laughs> something to think about, and um, and there you go, gang. That I, so. oh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you. That was a fun one. That was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. And we haven't had one of those in a while, which I think is just... 
there's so much about Vegas that's fun and fascinating, but when you get down to the the technicalities and legalities of some of the, the stuff. So I I great question. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony, for putting all the research into that and being so willing to explain it with us commoners. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's, it's fun. In, it's fun information to be sure. Yes. Something else, though, that is fun is listener feedback. Karen, will you share with us about the PayPal donation? Absolutely. So we have PayPal donation from Sean and Feliz DeWitt and Brian Dancer. Wake up at 3 a.m., write episode after episode, blah, blah, blah. Quit your bitching and just give us more. <laughs> just kidding. Vintage Vegas is the gift that keeps on giving. Thanks for all your neurotic attention to detail, buddy. Sean and Felice. You're welcome. Aww. I get a kick out of it. I love the way you started. It's like, quit your bitching and just give us more. We want more stuff. <laughs> I get a kick out of hearing that people listen to it a dozen times. Even Alistair was like, I didn't know half that stuff. That, that you had in that, in that Dunes Vintage, and I'm like, it's oh, really cool, I know all that. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, there is a lot of work that goes into it, and even the recording of it. it th- as loose as this show has become, like from a recording standpoint, you, when you're recording your Vintage Vegases now, oh, oh yeah, my God. Yeah, Vintage is a thing, yeah, I don't... I don't Totally different, yeah, it's, and the amount of time you spend editing, like, he'll go back and re-record, because he's like, I didn't like the way that sound yeah, didn't flow right, I need to do it better, like... Yeah. You'll, he you'll, is yeah. nuts about it. Uh, I'll, I'll say a line like four different ways because I'm like, I don't like the way that sounds, and then I'll pick which way I like better. when I'm, It's almost like editing like it, a film. He'll go back and do it yeah, again. exactly. Yep. So, but thank That's you. Cool. We really, I, I'm glad to hear that other, other folks appreciate the attention and effort into it. Too, I, so. I'm, I'm almost and, done editing your next one. And I just love we got something from Sean and Felice. Yes. <laughs> Two of my favorite people. Well, I uh, I got a I think it was either Facebook or a 360 Vegas Tony tweet uh, tweet from Brian Dancer today that uh, he said I have so based on the interview that w- that that I did with cousin Vito on his podcast he said I've got to get out to a 360 Vegas vacation I've got to see this Tony Snyder to see if this guy is is for real is he, and I'm, I'm taking liberties with how Brian phrased it but in my head I I chose to interpret what he was saying as this guy can't be for real like he's got to be a caricature of oh he's like a, a he's a character all right yeah, but, there's no doubt about but that, that doesn't mean he isn't real <laughs> He's real, but he's a character. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like every '80s movie bully, right? Like I'm just that, no, friends with the nerd guy. <laughs> you're too sweet to be a bully. You're not even close to that. He That's just means awful. he's a he's a, he's a staple oh, of films. I get it. All right, yeah, sorry. I was like, no, Tony, you're not a bully. Don't think that. Get off. A finite booger from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Oh my God, I should totally wear a t-shirt that said, who farted on it? <laughs> oh, I'm hearing oh, more lines. Of that more t-shirts. Decades. Right. <laughs> Do you know, I think that's the first movie I ever saw boobs in. Wow. I think it was Revenge of the Nerds. So here's this. I know that I've seen that movie. I really don't remember that movie. I mean, obviously everybody sure knows what the, the premise is, but. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't hold up. Remember, first movie ever seen. But I mean, that's one of the things that I love about like '80s movies. Like, there's certain movies, and this is why I understand why some purists get real shitty about directors redoing the movies or retouching them up or doing whatever. I, '80s movies to me are really, really great examples of. They're just quintessential '80s movies that you know what's going to happen in them. You know what characters are going to be in them. 
I mean, the ski movie? How many ski movies did they have that were set in the 80s where, like... Ski? Oh, yeah, they're up on, on a... Was, I, I understand you came from a from a religious background. There were well, all, yeah, I didn't get to watch a lot of these until I was in college. Yeah, no, there, the, I, I can think... I, I, can, I can remember at least two, I, although they could be the same one, to be honest with you, because they really were, the, were basically the exact same movie. It, it was always that... The, these kids were, were went, went to the ski lodge, you know, or went to the went to the mountain. Okay, so here's the, the funny thing: I've heard lots of funny. I, I've seen on like Family Guy and South Park, like other. It's so uh, real. Other, yes. Like references to the ski movies that are this. Oh, the big tough guy. We're gonna ski off to win this or yeah. whatever. Never seen yeah, one. Yeah, they're, they're gonna they're gonna race for the mountain, Never man, seen one. and yes. we're just trying to have fun, man. And like, oh, you're bringing me down or whatever. Like it's it it's there's the boob. There's always boobs in that. Like and that to me was one of the first times that really captured my imagination beyond like those are awesome. It was like, holy shit, you're gonna be fucking naked in, in the cold. <laughs> that's so the nips stand up at attention. I guess. Yeah, that, that's oh. good on screen. Yeah, that was the inspiration for the whole thing. Like, going, did you see what happened to these nips? It's just cold in here. Let's make a movie that's all about that. What, what, we can't make a movie all about that. I, no, I got it. It'll be about, like, skiing, and, and they, they're going to race for the mountain like what are you gonna race for the mountain shut up we're gonna get tits and fucking cold all right <laughs> right all right all right we'll be able to sell it to somebody don't worry about it <laughs> and, I, and i'm sorry one of my favorite laughable quotable things from any 80s movies is long ducked on yes you can't get pat like he you just it's so perfect that's like, what the, i mean i know it's a character char- character caricature thank you i knew i was missing a syllable <laughs> couldn't say it right but it's so funny and it's so quotable. Yeah, and that's the best part about it. And that's yeah, that's what I love about about eighties movies is they 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 are predictable as hell. But they I mean and they look exactly like eighties movies. But man, they're fun. And if you're romantic, you know, girl like little romantic thing is kind of always awesome. And <laughs> and. <laughs> Wow, somebody really wishes they were Molly Ringwald right now. Well, so here's the funny thing. So there was this, okay, for anyone that's not a sports ball fan, I'm sorry. So there was a, a football player for the University of Michigan whose name was Jake Ryan. And basically, <laughs> see, okay, so you get that reference. Yeah. So so basically his mom was a huge fan of 16 Candles, and her last name when get she got married here. was Ryan and named him Jake. That's, his name was Jake Ryan. That is crazy. Of, why else would you name your kid Jake Ryan? There's no other reason for it. That's wild. Sorry. That's perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, I uh, guess that's probably going to do it for episode number 252. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360VegasPodcast.com. You can support the show via purchasing things from our affiliates such as Amazon.com, Tickets.AccessVegas.com, or you can just make a PayPal donation. You can buy merchandise from our store, which is Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas, or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, much like Amanda did, please feel free to do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. And if you aren't sure how to record audio with your smartphone and email it to the show, we have instructions on how to do that as well on the blog's main page. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at, embarrassing, I am at 360 Vegas Tony. And Karen? I'm at Karen Mark. He just told you where you can find me, so until next time. (laughs) 